0: I'm David Belson
1: and I'm Rachel Redan, and
0: this is the Branding London podcast.
1: The first season is brought to you by Libro Credit Union, a group of epic humans focused on increasing prosperity in southwestern Ontario. They've just launched a new campaign, My Life Here, which fits the theme of this podcast quite nicely. To learn more, go to libro.ca slash my life here.
0: This interview is with Lynn Davis, president of Allegra 3, We talked about what's going on in the city with Verge Capital and some of the social enterprise investments and arts and cultural in general. It's a great discussion. It was the first one recorded. So I have to put a small flag. Some of the audio is not as good as it is further on because I was learning what I was doing. So thanks for Lynn for being the first uh, Guinea pig. So if there's a little bit of audio, uh, that's on me, not on our friends, Michael and uh, and Webisodes. Uh, But before we jump into the interview, here is Rachel with the land acknowledgement.
1: We would like to acknowledge the history of the traditional territory and honor the long-standing relationships of the three local First Nation groups of this land in place in southwestern Ontario. The Attawandaran peoples once settled this region alongside the Algonquin and Haudenosaunee peoples and used this land as their traditional hunting grounds. The three long-standing indigenous groups of this geographic region are the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, and the Lenni-Lenape peoples. I'd like to recognize the three First Nations communities neighboring the City of London, Chippewas of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, and Muncie Delaware Nation. We continue to honor the legacy of the space we're in by using the Roundhouse to tell stories, increase collaboration, and work with our clients to improve human lives. We believe that telling the stories of our fellow Londoners will help bring us together to solve problems.
0: Officially recording. I'm here with Lynn Davis. Welcome. Thank you. So, Lynn, um, give me uh, well, I guess, for your your name and uh, what you're doing in the community these days.
2: Okay. So the name is Lynn Davis, and I am president of Allegria Three Inc., which is a property management and investment company that has um, is looking to invest in socially minded startups in the community mm-hmm. and beyond.
0: Great. Um, so when you say community, do you mean uh, specifically London, Ontario, or is it broader than that?
2: It is broader than that. There are a number that I've invested in that are local, but there's also a few that have more of an international reach. And um, and I think there's, yeah, it's certainly nice to be able to support what's happening in the community, but I really, we are a bigger community than just London, so mm. it's nice to be able to take a view on that.
0: And you're, I believe, involved with um, some of the broader initiatives out of like Toronto. Uh, are you involved with the um, Ontario Exchange? I forget what the name of it is. The SBX? Is. SBX, yeah. yeah.
2: My involvement there is specific to the Verge Breakthrough Fund, which yeah. uh, was started by Pillar Nonprofit Network here in London. And um, that is, a hopefully, by the time we're done, a $2.5 million fund that mm. will be supporting uh, socially minded organizations in our community, to uh, to give them that leg up and get them started.
0: So let's uh, maybe take a minute to talk about. Um the Breakthrough Fund and uh, so there's a startup component and there's a Breakthrough Fund at Verge, right?
2: So. Right. So Verge has been operating for the last two and a half, three years uh, with a small pool of money that has been loaned out to different socially minded organizations in the city to get them started. And um, the Breakthrough Fund takes it to the next level because it, it is and this is all really new, um, mm. new territory and really exciting territory. But it will. Um, we're hoping to get it to 2.5 million. It's currently sitting uh, 1.735 at the first close, mm-hmm. and uh, and those funds, um, at least half of them, are being earmarked for um, affordable housing, mm-hmm. and and the rest will go to other initiatives that have a social mandate at their core.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, maybe walk through. You know, and not everyone's going to be familiar with what it means to have a social mandate. At your core, social enterprise. So we're talking about for-profit businesses still, and um,
2: for-profit or not-for-profit. Yeah, or yeah.
0: not-for-profit. Yeah. So um, maybe walk me through a little bit about your your views on, on what that means to be a the social return business. Sure.
2: So there's um, there there's a few different um, how would I put this? There's a few different. Outlooks. One would be what could be called greenwashing mm-hmm. or um, or just corporate responsibility, those being two different levels. But a socially responsible organization actually has a social mandate embedded into the DNA of the company. So they have determined that the rationale behind doing what they're doing does have a social piece, whether it's environmental or social or I mean, it's just it's just about making our community or beyond a better place
0: mm-hmm. so you um you've done traditional investment and philanthropy um you know having talked to you at other occasions you've talked about the difference between uh, donations and, and social investment and you obviously um, taken some time to bring social investment to the forefront um, tell me about the difference between philanthropy and social investment and
2: sure so there so there are charitable organizations that exist and do not have the potential based on their structure to be financially viable without donation and and there's i think always going to be a need for those organizations and that structure and certainly there's an advantage to anybody with a philanthropic bent that uh, first of all, they know they're they're helping make the community a stronger place. On the financial side, there's the return based on the the tax deductibility yeah. of those donations. Uh, what's been fascinating for me in discovering and learning about the social enterprise space is an opportunity where you're still making a difference, but it actually is an investment, and therefore there is a return. Now, it's not going to be necessarily the same uh significant amount of return that you might get on investing in the stock market or Mm -hmm. even your angel investing that can net you, you know, 10 times what you start out with. It's, but it's, um, but it's still, it's, it's still a return. And it's one that obviously has the added benefit of doing something good in the community.
0: So which. um, you know is it a balance of both the social good and return when you look at these types of investments or does one take a priority for you? I would say forward? I would
2: say for the most part, it's the social return that, that is going to be at the forefront. The fact that there's a little bit coming back in, in interest is great. But, uh, but that's not really what's been behind the investments that I've made to date. Uh, because I do, I do still donate. So, right. yeah, so yeah. it is still about, you know, it is still about giving back to the community one way or the other.
0: So when we talk about um, the return, you know, what are we typically talking about return on investment?
2: Uh, the ones that, that I have seen of late have been anywhere from three to 5%. Mm-hmm.
0: And you may know this better than I do, or, or I could look it up <laughs> fair if it's not, uh, not well known, but what is the average like indexed fund kind of return on investment? Like how would that compare with yeah. just a,
2: I think I think portfolios right now are probably averaging somewhere between eight and ten, eight yeah. and twelve, but that is a guess. That's,
0: that's yeah, that, that varies.
2: Yeah, uh, depending that, on the day of the week. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was listening to um, Freakonomics podcast just this morning about uh, index funds and just playing to the general market and how there's a you know active investment versus private investment and how basically statistically you can't do much better than the market average.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, otherwise, it's just luck, which I thought was really interesting. So if you're going to say your average luck return, it's going to be you know 5%, 6% anyway, and it's a really interesting opportunity to look at how you can still get a, a decent rate of return, but provide capital to social ventures at the same time. Exactly. That's neat. So um, you know, another question would be, you're in London here. Uh, what brought you to London and, and why are you still here? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Well, I was born here.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and initially the idea behind staying was around raising a family. Mm-hmm. And now that my kids are grown, it really comes down to the fact that I do love this city. And I think it's it's got all kinds of amazing potential. It's been trying to figure itself out for for a while now, but there's, uh, but I think there's some really exciting things on the horizon, and so it's it's a it's a great place to call home.
0: Yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit about trying to figure itself out now. Uh, you know, I think in the generally accepted fact, in the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, there, there's there's a commercial center for the city, as well known for insurance and finance. Um, there was a brief maybe reprieve or uh, resurgence in automotive sector and Mm -hmm. uh, advanced manufacturing, but really since the, uh, the financial centers moved to Montreal, as I understand was the main exodus. Um, there hasn't really been an identity for the city. Is that what you kind of
2: Yeah, I would definitely mean? say that. Although the one thing that London has always been is a test city. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, I think what it's what it's becoming is an incredible incubator mm-hmm. and that um, we're taking that to a new level now by fostering incredible opportunities for people and organizations to explore and to innovate and to develop their ideas.
0: How are we doing that? You say that, you know, again, I'm, I'm in the ecosystem and I'm aware of some of the initiatives that you're talking about. But is there any specifics when you say we are fostering who is the we and it's the city?
2: Well, the one that I would be the most familiar with would be Innovation Works, mm-hmm. which was um, Pillars initiative to create a social enterprise space for for profit and not for profit. So socially minded organizations. And we've seen the success of that since its doors opened. Uh, there are there are hundreds of people in and out of that building every single day. There's I'm some joking. yeah, exactly. There's some amazing synergies that are happening. There's an incredible vibe when you walk through the door. And I just think it's it's provided an opportunity and it's fostering conversations and those mm-hmm. conversations are going to lead to what I would like to think are going to be new answers, new strategies, new ways of trying to deal with some of our oldest
0: issues and problems. And you know, is it fair to say that when we talk about new ways, it's also in the context of building, like through ec- through the traditional economic means, right? Like, you're, you're, it's not um, these initiatives that are innovation at innovation works responding spawning out of innovation works are not necessarily just the ones that need government funding or charitable support we' they're looking to um, do work out in the community and generate revenue, but then that... And you know, be self-sustaining businesses yeah. going forward, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think... Do you have you know, a couple of good examples maybe of that happening? I mean, I can think of a couple off the top of my head, but Goodwill is the oldest one that I, yes, you know, exactly. I, I know of. Um,
2: yeah, and Goodwill is probably the best one of the best examples of a social enterprise that has um, certainly we see it in our community, it's doing incredible work and continues to it, it continues to to kind of think outside the box in terms of other ways to to work in the community and to, to foster the the advancements of the people who are working for them. Mm-hmm. Um there's a couple of other, like an, another organization that I'm familiar with. It that falls into the social enterprise space is for the love of laundry, mm-hmm. and uh, Melissa does an incredible job with um, with a community where there are people who just literally cannot afford to do this to you know to wash their clothes. Mm-hmm. And so she's hosting these parties where it's it's giving dignity to a, a segment of the population um, that certainly need and deserve it. Uh, and, but she's structuring this as a for-profit business. So she's got a line of laundry detergent. She's got her, the wool dryer balls. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she's, a, she, and she's, she's doing incredible work and was an example of one of the social enterprises that Verge loaned money to, mm-hmm. um, off the hop. And, and so we've seen, we've seen her continuing to succeed, which is wonderful.
0: It's awesome. You yeah, know, there's another one, um, I've uh, seen innovation works, the, uh, I uh, can't remember the name of the company, unfortunately, but they they make the uh, superhero outfits, or ball and gowns for. Yes. I, do you remember the name? I of don't it? remember uh, the
2: name of it, which but, is really yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, she's doing she's some great
0: work. Fashion line and uh, uses the creates a foundation separately that um, for sick and terminally ill kids, will she'll create a special superhero outfit for them and uh, just you know out of the box thinking like you know it's, it's aligned with our core thing that you do like love of laundry you know still about laundry and and Mm -hmm. products but then there's a social outcome um, to help disadvantaged people I guess again you know I'm aware of the ecosystem but uh, can you maybe explain why it's important uh, for people who can't afford to launder their clothes to get access to that
2: well I would say just it's it's the um, imagine being a child and going to school and you're wearing the same clothes that you wore the day before or two or three days before and and there's teasing and there's bullying, and mm. this is—it's there's a dignity piece that happens when you're put in a position of being able to uh, to walk in. It's a simple, simple thing: mm-hmm. clean clothes. Like it's not
0: job interviews or things like that. Yeah, exactly.
2: So it's um, it's just something that everybody deserves.
0: So, what do you think, London does better than anywhere else?
2: well I think I think what it's doing now, one of the things that it's doing is it's incubating. it's giving it's giving uh, people with ideas a place and a space to explore them and um, and that as we go forward, uh, that just continues to grow and and you know, wouldn't it be great if we start to to really solve problems like affordable housing and you
0: know that kind of thing in our community so the um diverge fund looking at uh, allocating funds towards uh, affordable housing is that i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but it's saying like let's look to either nonprofit or for-profit um, solutions that will use the power of Profitability really Mm -hmm. um, to generate a solution that is acceptable to the marketplace may not be necessarily a a traditional housing environment that normal capital markets would invest in. Correct, but you can get you know uh, more patient, lower risk or higher risk capital, I guess, in there to get the project funded. But it should still be self sufficient and able to pay you the three to five percent.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and going forward would be able to even. I guess the, the position that some of these organizations find themselves in is they, they're ready to hit go, but they need the money to do that, but the banks aren't going to look at them because they're not, they're not built and they're not, and they're not full. They, right. don't, they don't have occupants. And so what the, the Verge Breakthrough Fund has the opportunity to do is fill that gap, provide the funding, get them on their feet, get the, get the people in, in these buildings and, um, and living comfortably. And then there's an opportunity to go to the banks because at that point they are viable from mm-hmm. from a you know standard loaning. So
0: that you know, are you guys bridging the uh, that leap of faith because it's a new model? There's you know there's, there's nobody that you that. can't you know you can't prove that that building is going to be full because this model hasn't been tried yet so there's a belief amongst the investors that it will work yep. um, do you see a day where maybe that type of project could be just directly funded through traditional capital the model proves itself out wouldn't it's that be fabulous. Yeah.
2: wouldn't that be fabulous and I think there's there's perhaps some loaning institutions who would be more open to those kinds of, of things um, as as everything starts to unfold than maybe some of the traditional ones but yeah, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there was a, if there was a, a place for everybody to be able to go and get what they need in order to get their feet under them?
0: Because and- I think you know the traditional capital markets, um, you know, banks, and some of the work that BDC does, even in the subordinated debt, they um, they understand certain business lines, but the social enterprise thing is just so new. Yeah, um, and almost I wonder if the label even scares people off a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, that, that's an interesting question because I, I can say that uh, two years ago when I first started to hear this term, social enterprise and social investing, it was completely foreign. I had no idea what, what anybody was talking about. And so it's been a real interesting journey to, uh, to get to a point where it's like, oh, no, this is exactly what this means and mm-hmm. isn't this cool. And, and then watching it um, watching it become more of a mainstream conversation mm-hmm. than, than when it was kind of a back room initially.
0: I know this is, you know, we're early in this movement, but do you have a sense for whether uh, social investments um, through, you know, the the verge fund and things like that are going to be more risky than other types of investments or do you think they're safer or?
2: Well, no, there's, there's going to be risk here for sure. Um, I would maybe put social investment investing into a similar category to angel investing Mm -hmm. because it is about, coming up with an idea and um, and then acting on that idea and and so from that perspective it's uh there's always going to be risk I don't there's, mm-hmm. there's no way to avoid that so those risk even
0: in mutual funds right so it's a the spectrum yeah. of yeah
2: there, there's where risks you want. In crossing the street <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you want to take your risk yeah um, yeah you know, I have a question here uh, you know when we talk about um, you know my theory is around uh, this city's ability to do innovation. Um, so I'm asking folks, you know, what, is the, what does innovation mean to you when we talk about um, does London do innovation differently? I love that, you know, you use the term incubation, and I think incubating new ideas and exploring new ideas is, uh, you know, part of a cycle of innovation. But I'd love to hear from you about what you think innovation might, might mean in the sense of a, of a city context. Hmm. To have an innovative city, what would that, what would that look like?
2: Well, I think one of the things that we would have to shed is um, the naysaying, mm-hmm. because because innovation is about something new, and something new is an unknown variable, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to say it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, so I think we need to we need to be open to possibility. We need to we need to kind of tuck the the uh, the negativity into a corner and and dare mm. and, and dare in a big way uh to uh, to try things out
0: and you know i devil's advocate here there's a place for negativity sure. and, and questioning and challenging um do you think london's too far on the that's out of the spectrum of that negativity and challenging do you think that's shifting
2: well i like i like the word challenge because mm. because that's exactly what we do need to do it's not to say that every idea is going to be viable it's not to say that everything that's out there that's being attempted is going to work so challenging it is one thing but just outnote saying it's not going to happen mm. there's no way there's no room for it it's it's setting you up for failure that kind of attitude is the one that i think we kind of just need to set aside i would
0: agree and i think um unfortunately i think we see too much of that in london um do you sense it's shifting over the years i mean you're in an an echo chamber or a uh, a community at innovation works in birds where that uh, i mean everyone there is about the possible
2: future and daring
0: greatly so i know we can get easily painted into that corner um but
2: But i but i don't mind being painted into that corner to be honest Mm. i think I think there's something to be said when you are surrounded by people who are like-minded and who are open to possibility, who are looking for the 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 step up, the leg up, the 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 next great thing and doing it in a in a positive way. It's um yeah, otherwise it it can be very easy to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I that's just not a strategy that works for me. So I, I happily surround myself with people who are positive and who are looking to to do good things and and so from that perspective, I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff going on because mm. that's what I hear every day. That's what I'm surrounded by every day. And that's not a bad way to live.
0: No. I, and so, you know, to anyone who's in uh, the Naysayer camp, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great community around. And I would agree. It's amazing to be part of an ecosystem um, where we see the possible futures. Yes. And I'm actually seeing that. um in in my view, spread out some of the more traditional markets as mm-hmm. well, um, you know the LEDCs, tech alliances, small business centers, you know they're really starting to uh, push those that messaging as well. The a and, leap in Western and institutions are coming along too.
2: Exactly, and the, and the other thing that's been um, fascinating to watch, and and I really hope we see more of it, is is the um, the disintegration of silo and mm. and not looking at other organizations as threat mm-hmm. but as opportunity for collaboration. So when did those
0: silos develop? Do you have any theories or ideas? Because they've been here since I have moved here.
2: They yeah. They and I think they've probably been around since the dawn of time. Hmm. And I don't I don't know it's it's a it's a difficult thing not to um to be able to just go, okay, whatever happens, happens, and I'm going to be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you feel like you have to protect something that because it's important to you. The one, the w- one thing that I remember happening in the community, and it's got to be six or seven years ago now, was when Big Brothers and Big Sisters decided to merge mm-hmm. and become one organization. And to me, that was a tipping point in and of itself because it showed that there, there was, an, there were organizations too in this case that had a similar mandate and ideologies that, that aligned and they had two sets of photocopiers and two sets of boards <laughs> of directors and two yep. sets of bank accounts and, 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 and. and it was not easy for them to actually pull this off. It, mm-hmm. was a, it was a whole heap of work, but at the end of the day, you now have one aligned organization serving the community in a really great way mm-hmm. and, and how fabulous is that? They set the fear aside. They set the, that sense of threat aside and said, no, we have an opportunity to do something collaboratively. And I think there's there's countless other organizations out there that could do something in a similar vein. Uh, but you, you just have to take that first step.
0: Mm, agreed. So then um, I'm going to shift a little bit of gears and talk. Uh, just it uh, came up this week, but Grand Theater launched its new season. So for yes. those that don't know, you were marketing director no, is that the director, right of that? Development. director of development yeah, at yeah. Uh, grand theater um the last i saw the video had 300 shares which uh, is just phenomenal uh, for me i mean we we love them and know uh, know they're doing great things but uh, i can't help but think there's an excitement around the, the theater community that's building there so you've got you've experienced that over a a longer spectrum of time. Am I am I false in that no. assumption? Is there some excitement? There, there
2: is here? definitely there's definitely something afoot there. I went to my first production at the Grand when I was in grade four, hmm. so it's been a part of my life forever. Both of my kids went through the high school project, mm-hmm. so it became even more near and dear. And then, obviously, working there for four seasons was an incredible opportunity. And and what I what I sense now is the community. The community is, is is engaged in a different way than they have been in the past. I think Dennis Garnham is is a big part of that. He mm-hmm. brings an incredible energy to to the work that he does. He is daring. He is brave. He you know they, we don't need to All those look words. You know, <laughs> we don't need to look back any further than uh, than prom queen yeah. and the events in and around the school board and funding and then what happened based on your. Your tweet to say you know you're in and and going to uh, going to put dollars behind it and and this, the community rallied in such a remarkable way, right. so that so that that was again you know like another one of those tipping points where I think no we've we have um, it's a gem it it has been a gem always but but now it's one that I think London is engaging with in a new way and and there are some big big shows on I that know, stage yeah. next year that will be incredible to yeah. watch. And even the, even the end of this season, we've got a thousand splendid suns on right now, which if you have not seen it is a must, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard, 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 but, um, but such an incredible story. And then chariots of fire, which is a North American premiere. So uh,
0: yeah, it's um, yeah. I just, I remember you know just seeing that number and being surprised because uh, I, you know, see here for a while in London. I, was always there. Grant's always been a respected institution, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's a different excitement around what it's doing in the community. And, and I wondered if, is that um, happening at the same time because more people are, are daring? Is there a connection between uh, you know when innovation works and community funds? Is there, a, is there an openness to trying new things uh, or is it just random circumstance that you have an innovation works filling up faster than I think anyone would have anticipated in mm-hmm. the energy there? Um, is that a causation or correlation or totally unrelated to the fact that we're starting to see people also engage different culturally?
2: That's a, it's, a, it's a big question. Um, that that line build it and they will come Mm -hmm. is kind of niggling in the back of my brain because that is that is what innovation works did Mm -hmm. um and I think there is I think there's there's probably just some really lovely synergies happening that whether or not we can actually definitively say yes this is happening because of this likely not but um but I but I do think that People feed on energy, and I think mm. that there's. I think that there's just some really neat things happening, and we're making the decision that we're going to embrace it and move forward in yeah. a great way.
0: There are any other? If those are two. You know, innovation works in grander, too, that I know would be near and dear to okay. your heart as far yeah. as energy sources yeah, in yeah. the city. But are there any other examples? Um, some stuff that Verge has been involved in.
2: Hmm. Well, I know I know that there's some really great things happening out at 100 Kellogg. Mm-hmm. So and I, I would say too, that one of the things that's been quietly happening over the span of the last you know five or ten years is the Old East Village mm-hmm. and its Renaissance. And uh, the work that they have done there has been that the Old East Village grocer is mm-hmm. is another example of an amazing. Social enterprise that was supported by Verge that is doing incredible work in uh, in what was a food desert, mm-hmm. and um, and obviously you've got places like the Palace Theatre and Aeolian Hall who are just you know they're, they're creating their own little you know, wonderful arts community in in that part of the city as well. So there's there's I think there's probably examples anywhere in London mm-hmm. of of incredible things that are happening and that are just that. that building and building and building and and all that would be to a good end
0: i think the uh all these brochures a good example of, of you know this uh it's an amplification effect or um i don't know i don't know how to describe it because like somebody plants a flag and says we're doing this here but then you know you have anderson Hales and um, i can't remember who else is all down in that area oh, the
2: root there's, cellar you know, and
0: yeah. there's a whole ecosystem that kind of sprung up around uh you know craft brewing mm-hmm. is, is big in that district um you know organic food and it's just it's interesting how one to me anyway it's interesting how one kind of epicenter can really cause those ripples effects uh, faster than i would have even anticipated uh and to me, that seems to be accelerating our community um, mm-hmm. as well. Maybe that people are more receptive, or, or whatever. Um, again, you're you're in the ecosystem. Yep,
2: yep. And it's all and it's all just really fascinating to watch and 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 positive. Like it, there's just there's so much to um, to be proud of. There's so much to celebrate. And isn't that a preferable means of way of living than to? put
0: it down or denigrate or well yeah. you know I've almost uh you know said over the years you know I'm from London and you almost have to apologize uh for what that that means um but I'm actually again I'm feeling that momentum shift and uh, you know sort of half joke but it seems like anytime we're getting national media attention it's because of something racist that happens in our city uh and it's horrible that we have that Dynamic in our city uh, that gets called out, but there's so much other good stuff going on. It just mm-hmm. doesn't seem to go outside of our walls. So, what are the initiatives that we can uh, we can look to bring to either the the more national or international stage? Do you see any early stage success stories? Like Verge is somewhat unique, I think, isn't it?
2: And I think, I think. I
0: was 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 going to say, we got
2: Forbes magazine um, online with that. And, uh, and there was, there was other coverage as well that, 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 that speaks to, yes, we can get things positive on that, (laughs) on that national stage. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how what it's going to take what the what the message is going to be what the incident is going to be that that takes it bigger and broader than that i mean obviously prom queen got yeah quite a bit of exposure and and that would um and that was a negative becoming a positive yeah so so i don't know what other what other things may or may not garner that kind of great uptake for us but
0: there's stuff happening, but there is
2: stuff happening, and I think
0: it's yeah. I'm super proud to see the the you know getting the attention on uh, publication like Forbes, mm-hmm. um, because it's you know something new. And it's not mainstream, uh, but it's different enough, and um, there's enough curiosity. I think in what's going on here that that starts to just generate a positive feedback cycle. Exactly,
2: and because it is, um, it, it has it has up the profile of what this kind of investment can do mm-hmm. and it has it's triggered all kinds of conversations um, beyond London for sure that uh, it's like how how do we do this how do other communities do this even, even innovation works they the team has gone out to countless communities because they want what we've done mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how to make it work in uh, in their environs so it's I mean, yeah, that's, there's all these little success stories. Sometimes I think, you know, it's, it's hard to to be the one shouting into the wilderness to say, hey, look, 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 <laughs> look we're doing really great stuff. Yeah. But but every once in a while, there something triggers a response to that, and and that's always great to see. That's well, kind why I
0: started this initiative, because I think, um, or continued other people's initiatives, uh, there was a few different pieces uh, over the years to try to put this narrative together, um, you know, other communities, you know, Waterloo has, you know, RIM and, you know, so it can kind of carry the flag of the, or could have at one point, uh, OpenDex is still there and thriving uh, to carry the flag of, hey, we're a tech community, you know, the university is there, uh, obviously anchoring that. So they have some, you know, really good uh, flag carrying I- institutions that are there. Uh, the problem with London is I feel like it's a thousand smaller not any less powerful or great stories, but just not on the same size and scale. So how do we weave those uh, those thousand stories into one, you know, complete one narrative? narrative? Uh, my theory is that it is around that that human innovation piece. Um, but wanted to kind of get your thoughts on. Uh, does that narrative make sense? Is that one that uh, resonates with with you? Is uh, am I missing something? Obvious, because I was really trying to tie in the, the medical piece, because mm-hmm. I mean there's the yeah you know, people want to say well we should you know London's always been about medicine and we should hang our hat there like I think in order to build an economy or or industry um, people work people the the quote unquote average person can can work uh, in, in advance I think medical is so specialized and regulated that mm-hmm. I think there's a danger in putting too many eggs in that basket although I think it's an amazing basket to have I mean, the health uh, system here is amazing, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons that I like to be in London is, uh, you know, if my kids are sick or I'm sick, I know that there's the back, you know world class right in our back door. But again, I don't know that I want that to be the primary economic driver mm-hmm. of the city that I'm in. So, but I do feel like that's an important part of our ecosystem. So
2: it's an important part of our ecosystem for sure. But I think what also makes us human and makes us better humans is art, mm-hmm. and so so then it becomes the connect. Activity between um, the arts community and and socially responsible organizations and all the things that's, mm-hmm. that that make us the best people we can be. Um, so yeah, the, I I like the idea of the human piece. When you when you first mentioned that, it was there was, it was a bit of a penny drop for me mm-hmm. because because we do one of one of the things I find fascinating and certainly a bit frustrating is we want to be able to put people and obviously in this scenario, a city in a box.
1: Mm. We want to
2: be able to define it. Because mm-hmm. if we can define you, then we know how to explain you to, to other people yeah. or to other cities. And um, But at the same time, that can be very limiting because right. imagine, I mean, people ask me what I do and it's like, how long have you gone? <laughs> because there's a whole bunch of layers here. And I think I think London is that layered. Mm. And and that's something that we should be proud of, okay. not, not just up.
0: We're, uh, you know, the diversification of the city is part of the reason that we could take a, a hit on losing the financial sector and the manufacturing sector. I mean, yeah, you know, we've had bad unemployment rates, but the city is still growing and resilient because we have different pockets of uh, success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there is a common thread. Um, you know, I actually just drew a little three-legged stool almost. But, you know, you have to have your health in order to be able to enjoy the arts, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have to have a purpose to your day, which uh, most people find through work or through their hobbies or yep. whatnot. So you know, if you're in an ecosystem where people can keep you healthy, you can experience the you know the human experience through a great, vibrant arts community, and you have meaningful work every day that you go work for. That'd be a pretty cool place to live and work, wouldn't
2: it? Yep, for sure i want to live
0: there good news is i think that you do i kind of think i do too I just i don't know that we actually recognize that i mean i talk to people all the time around you know why are you know why are you here Why you're in london and everyone has their own sort of discrete things uh my current again like i talk about third series but you know what we do is the human innovation but what enables us to do that um is the network uh of London you know mm-hmm. and it came from a somebody said you know I think London has one degree of separation
2: yeah I say One and a half. One and a half. yeah Man, one, one and a half degrees of separation but, be, and yeah, be well, careful what you say because you're probably talking to a relative well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> or somebody who knows that yeah. person yeah. yeah so uh I actually think that might be what enables us to do some some more advanced things. Um, as I mean, this morning, I said, you yeah, I, I think any CEO in the city, is, even as a small business owner, um, because I have it, I'm part of the network, I feel like I could have lunch with any CEO in the city. I would find the right connector mm-hmm. to, to do that. So if I needed something for my business that somebody else could provide, um, the other story that I'm I'm hearing back uh, talking to the technology community um, is that there's also a huge willingness to help, and so not only can you connect to the right person, mm-hmm. but that person is also willing to help you. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's somewhat unique to the city as well. So, exactly. um, have you um, experienced that? You know, that one and a half degree separation of the network, and have you been able to use it to? build things like verge and things like that
2: verge wouldn't be where it is without that and uh, i don't think many of the social enterprises that have been started in the past (coughs) three years would be where they are without that and and the helping hand piece is something london is um is a very caring community it's a really open and engaged yes we've got our issues as any community will but but I do think that there's um, there's a really lovely authenticity to the majority of the people that I encounter on a daily basis, and um, and that willingness to to step in if there if there's something that just needs to be done, and and how cool is that?
0: Yes. Yeah. The flip side of that, though, um, I think because it's a network, uh, if you're not in the network, you can feel very excluded. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, you know, working off theories here, but you hear people say that lemon's very cold and lemon's very hard. To get uh, get into that, mm-hmm. if you're outside of the network, so if you're marginalized um, through either you know race or class or mm-hmm. gender or sexual preference, you know if you're mm-hmm. if you're on the margins of the network, um, it can seem like a very closed off mm-hmm. ecosystem. But if you can figure out a way to be part of the network, it's it's very powerful. So. And I
2: think that the networks are are multitudinous; they're they're everywhere. So it is a case of just finding finding your home base. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and in node language we call or in network language we call that a node um, and that's where I think something like innovation works becomes incredibly powerful uh, because this is a way for people who would not traditionally be part of the London business network mm-hmm. to get into the network mm-hmm. um, so you now have the advantage of the connections that pillar and um, its members have to the community uh, whereas if you're outside of innovation works it may be very hard to crash into that network
2: yeah yeah, but it's but it's one it's one that's gonna grow and continue to morph and change and expand uh, because it's so new. Mm-hmm. So I think so I think there lies a huge potential for uh, more inclusivity and maybe more of that barrier breaking down, mm-hmm. diminishing some of those more of those silos, so that we can be the best we can be.
0: So you think the innovation works journey is just getting started? I think so. And is there either CSI in Toronto? Um, again, is is London somewhat unique in having the innovation works? I know Ottawa, I think, has one.
2: There are several hubs around the country. What's neat about CSI in Toronto is that they now have like four different locations. Yeah. If I have that correct, um, whether or not something similar could happen in London in terms of more than one, we don't quite have the same population base. Well, obviously not. No. Um, but so I don't. So I don't know if that. That mechanism would work here, but but I think we will see over the course of the next few years a number of these pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is just kind of this is just the beginning, and uh, smaller communities will find ways of rallying to do their own. Do
0: you think if you look out in the you know the angel investment, um, social investment world, and you know they, I do agree that they're sort of converging in the same pocket that it'll be hard for businesses to get investment if they don't have a social purpose mission or do you think there'll always be a place for the pure profit driven motive
2: i suspect there's always going to be a place for for those yeah for them just like let's let we're in this for the money yeah um and and that's fine mm-hmm. it won't be it won't be where i will be mm-hmm. because because even in the angel investing that i've done most of them have a social mandate. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily embedded in the DNA the way it would be with a social enterprise, but there is there is that component to why they're doing what they're doing. And, uh, and I, I'll continue to look for that.
0: I think um, you asked me the question, the same question in a different way, but as angel investing, to a certain extent, is a form of like philanthropic investment? Like Obviously, you're hoping to get the money back, um, but you're also helping an entrepreneur to build up. A- their dream Mm -hmm. recognizing there's a good chance at the angel stage that i don't know what the statistics are but one in ten maybe yeah it's probably not Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know if you make ten investments 9 you're probably Mm -hmm. certainly not going to return massive amounts of uh, of money um so is it is it gambling is it a mix of gambling philanthropy like when are you helping an entrepreneur to build out their dream or is it that you're placing your bet on you know red 28 on the roulette wheel that that one's going to pay off how about
2: about a little bit of all of it yeah really it is because um and I think every I think every angel investor is going to be slightly different in terms of where they would weigh in on each of those elements Mm -hmm. um for me it's obviously I'm I'm it I I character invest I invest Mm -hmm. in the people I invest in that the person who has the idea who's putting their blood sweat and tears behind it in order to make it successful um and then obviously that, you know, there's something that's, that there's some give back that's, that's going to appeal to mm-hmm. it. but yeah, but no, there's, there's some, I'm sure that it's like, uh, I'm going to put it on that <laughs> one and we're going to see where we land. And then yeah. there's the others is like, this is it. And this is going to make yeah. a load of money and that's why, and that's why. So, and I would say if there's success in that, in that realm, the upside is then it gives you an opportunity to make more investments mm-hmm. and then you get to do more good because you're helping others to get yeah. started. So so there's there can be a really lovely ripple effect that's
0: that's great um so you talked a lot of sort of the questions that i had was there anything i should have asked but but didn't about the human the human story here in london
2: no i think i i just like the fact that you asked the questions i like the fact that uh you know you you prompted this by saying you know who are we as a city and and i kind of see this thing about human connectivity and uh and that's that's the best part because then because because then this conversation becomes the conversation with the next person and the next Absolutely, person yeah. and it uh, and it and it starts to create the framework for for who we'd like to be going forward.
0: Yeah, well, I said you know I, it's outside of my scope to you know physically rebrand the city of London, but boy, we can maybe come up with some really interesting narratives to to talk about uh, at the at the community level, and then maybe something maybe this idea isn't the right one but it triggers
2: something else, something else but or- isn't it but isn't it also true that most of the important changes that happen anywhere in the world are happening at the grassroots level it's not it's not coming down from on high no. uh, i don't think we need to look any further back than the than the rallies last weekend yeah and um and here's a and you know here's a, a group of Students who are who are gonna make a difference. Oh, absolutely!
0: I would say they already have, Um, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, that plays out in the ecosystem. But uh, yeah, you know, a group of seventeen-year-olds knowing how to use social media and uh, and engaging with passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I literally could change the constitution in the United States. So I would agree with you one hundred percent on that.
2: Yeah. So so in that way. I think there's an opportunity that these conversations actually do start to frame what happens
0: next. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for participating It was a great conversation and uh, we will talk soon.
2: Sounds great.
1: David and I have put our time into recording the Branding London podcast because we love this city and more importantly, the people in it. Our Traction decided to produce this podcast because this work is aligned with our core focus of amplifying great stories to increase relevance, impact, engagement, and momentum. If you'd like to support us, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash brandinglondon. Your generous support will help us to promote this season into more channels so that more people can hear London's good news stories and it'll help us fund future seasons. To find recaps, videos of some interviews, our Patreon link, or more information about us in this podcast, you can visit our slash podcast. Production assistance for this series was provided by Webisodes. Special thanks to Adam Kaplan for his help with recording the live streams and providing the audio from those interviews. We're also grateful for the technical production support of Michael Dales. Thanks for listening. Like what you hear? Subscribe to the Branding London podcast, like our Traction on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram.